2: Like how do we deliver clean, reliable, affordable energy for today and tomorrow? Southern Company, building the future of energy.
1: So to another special edition of the Blues Focus podcast in conversation with, I'm your host Kieran for this episode, joining me I've got Callum and we're also joined by Marlon King, uh, former Blues striker, uh, Marlon thank you again for joining us on this episode, uh, we'll get straight into it for you really, you joined in 2011 but uh, debut is delayed until early September I believe you picked up a ligament injury in pre-season training, is that correct? Yeah, it was funny actually.
0: Um, it's quite a funny story because I think me and uh, Berkey, Chris Burke, and I can't remember. It was Alex McLeish signed three of us, and um, we didn't never actually got to meet because by the time we we, we got to sign, um, he was off to Villa. So it was quite strange, and we we came into a club that was managerless and um, you know, obviously the gaffer going over to um. The rivals, um, you know, wasn't the best of starts, but um, no, Chris Hutton came in, um, got preseason underway, and then uh, I picked up a little niggle in preseason, so it took me a little while to get going, but um, I found my feet after
1: after a while. How did that feel? Obviously, having to wait for your debut, bet you was itching to get out there, wasn't you? In the end, yeah, no, no, hundred
0: percent, I, I was buzzing because. Um, as I said, it was strange because I had, obviously, Alex, Alex McLeish, who was the gaffer at the time, he was, you know, he he was ringing me um, over the course of um, the, the off-season. And he said, no, he really wants me down there. And then I signed, done my medical, and then I never actually got a chance to um, work under him. So um, just one of those things. But um, now once I did, settled in straight away and, I, you know, I. I got them with the fans and and just took to the place straight away, you know.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, obviously, you uh, you had a brilliant first season for us under Chris Hughton when you when you finally got going. But I think Cal wanted to touch on with you about uh, obviously the, the Europa League journey that we went on, Cal.
4: Yeah, well, obviously, winning the winning the Carling Cup the previous season obviously got us the Europa League, and just talk us through the whole journey. What was it like playing it playing in? In Europe,
0: I think, Cal, To be honest, to be honest with you, pal, um, I think that's what got me to come to Blues because at that time I was a, I was a free agent, and you know, with with Coventry they offered me a contract, and there was a couple other clubs that came in, but I knew Birmingham, and the and Blues had been relegated, but I knew Europe. Um, I, I, I've never played in Europe, so I knew that was an opportunity for me to come in and and experience something different. So that was really a, an attraction for me. But, you know, like the first game um, at home, it was absolutely rocking. And I think, was it was it Maribor? Uh, was it at home? In the, uh, in the group, I think. Yeah, Full House. It was absolutely rocking. And, you know, when, when um, young Naif um, got his goal and, you know, just the scoring in, in, in Europe and see that. The blue fans excited about everything that went on because it was an up and down season for the Blues. It was like you won the Carling Cup and then you got relegated. to so it was kind of like a bittersweet moment. But then I think Europe kind of was like a buffer system to kind of get the fans excited again. So it was a good time to come in and it was new players and um, a new gaffer and new ideas and it was, it was quite exciting. Was it? Was it? Quite
1: strange in a way, obviously, juggling a Europa League journey, if you will, alongside playing in the Championship, which is obviously so full-on compared to, to other leagues as well. The game's come thick and fast there. Was it quite difficult, did you find, to kind of manage yourself, your fitness, um, your energy levels during the during the run in the Europa League as well? Aaron, to be honest, mate, it was
0: a crazy season because if you're of the lads, we, we were... Literally playing three times a week. It was, you know, it, it was it was full on. As you said, it was Saturday, Tuesday night. Then we'll travel. Maybe on the Wednesday game on the Thursday and the Friday Europa when that came up. So it was. I think that that we played sixty odd games that season. And I've never done it in my career. And I, I know a few of the boys were like, "This is just crazy," but. Because of the journey we were on, we just had the momentum because it was like we were doing well in Europa, um, but we was falling back a little bit in the league because I think there was a delay in when we had the league games. So we had to catch up. So we saw the results happening and it was like, bloody hell, we got to get a win just to keep pace with everybody else. And then we went on a, a magnificent run. And obviously to finish like in the playoffs was... was was a great achievement. I mean, we would have liked to have finished getting promoted. That would have topped it off. But to play sixty odd games in the season was was something else. And I'm sure for you fans as well, right? traveling up and down the place. But it was
1: it was it was it was great. You know. Yeah, I mean, obviously every Blues fan was as soon as we won the cup was looking forward to to Europe. Obviously he was anticipating it being a long time being a Premier League club. But yeah, look, you got a it as it comes, haven't you? But just. Tell me a little bit what it was like working under Chris and Obviously, like you say, you signed under McLeish, but never actually worked with him. But what was what was Chris like to work alongside under? Was he fair with the squad? or? Yeah,
0: I mean, Chris you, um I mean, look, if you look at, at his um, reputation and his um, kind of background in the game, every team that he's come into, whether it be struggling, doing all right, he's managed to either sustain them into a decent position or kick them on. So he's got a great, you know, it's, it's quite surprising to see him. I know he's got the, the forest job now um, and that might be down to his own choice. But when I came in, you know, he was like, I know you're Alex McLeish's signings, but I want you here. You're part of the squad um, and I just want to kick on. But his attention to detail was, was just, you know, it was magnificent, you know, training um, with Paul Trollope and um, the rest of his backroom stuff. He's a ten- and he's man management. So if he left you at the team, he would pull you aside before, you know, you get certain gaffers that will tell you whether you're, you're dropped or some gaffers that you will just get to a Saturday and then they put up the team sheet and you, you're not in the squad or you're not in the team, which is quite you know, starting for a player. But with Chrissy, he would explain his reasons and he would say, this is how this team is set up. So we're going to go with this formation. And I feel like, say, for example, Ziggy um, is better suited to you. And then I want want you to come in the last 20 minutes. So we give you a reason to why he's left you at the, uh, the team. So it was easier to adjust to his method of thinking and everybody kind of bought in to his philosophy um, and his way of thinking because he was not just a good manager, he was a good man-manager as well.
1: Yeah, cause he's, of course, still the uh, most successful season we've had since coming back down. So, yeah, like I say, obviously, uh, everyone point for him at the start of this season, but I think we've, we've landed on our feet a bit with Karanka as well. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, well- I mean Kieran, look... Sorry, who's that? No, go on. No, nah, go on, mate. You shoot. Go on. You you ask the questions. I'll,
4: <laughs> I was just going to them. I was just going to say. I looked. I was looking at your Instagram the other day. Obviously, looking ahead to the interview, and I saw you posted a video of your um of the goals you scored against Middlesbrough at home in that season. Obviously, touching on the previous question where you said your relationship with the fans. Obviously, the way you celebrated. You get, you know, any any goal you score, it will get the fans going. Any player scoring a goal, but you know the way you're celebrating and the goals you scored, and then obviously. Going into the Europa League games, just with the electric atmosphere, what what was it like scoring those goals in those you know sort of clutch games?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it for me, I, I and I, this sounds a bit weird, but I remember playing for Coventry against Birmingham at St Andrews, and I remember obviously it being a local. It was at, at that time it was. Premiership team versus Championship team, but you guys still were filling at St Andrews, and I just remember going to the stadium. The way you know St Andrews hugged you, and the fans—they really got behind their team. And I think that's why you guys kind of won that game because any other team would have crumbled. But the fans at St Andrews, and I don't know—I don't know if it's a Midland thing or whatever—but the fans are really passionate about um, getting behind their teams and. I don't know. Oh, I kicked it off with, with the, the, the Coventry supporters and the Birmingham supporters. And, and people ask me, like, my favourite teams and Bar Watford, I always say Cov and Birmingham for my rapport with the fans. I always got them with the fans because they appreciate people putting in a shift and, you know, just going, you know, like my ex-teammate, um, Juki, who's, who's down there now. I know the fans really, really enjoy him because he just puts in a shift. And it comes off bloody and sweating. And that's what the fans want to see. So, I know what kind of, um, you know, relationship the supporters want with their players, you know.
1: Yeah, and obviously, that first season um, ended up, as you say, the playoffs. Um, obviously, wasn't to be that year. But what was the feeling like after... After the playoff defeat, what did what did Chris say to the lads? Did he obviously try and obviously try to pick the spirits up? I suppose didn't he really? But what was it? What's the mood like in the dressing room after that after that defeat? Do you know, it was
0: it was a season of like um, how can I explain it? We were near we was like the nearly season because if you look at Europa, I think what was it, goal, was it goal difference that, that kept us out from going yeah. into the final stages?
1: Yeah, I think you know, it was. And
0: then, yeah, it was, and I, I, do you know, I think it was totally exhaustion to be honest. We, we you know, to, you ask anybody about playing in a championship, it's very, very challenging and, um, to get in playoffs itself is, is, is something that's quite, quite challenging. But then to have the Europa games and then, to, to travel, it, it takes quite a toll on not just the, the players, but the, the fans and the club. And I've, I just think it was a great journey. I mean, even though we didn't get promoted, it was a season that I wouldn't forget because it was like nobody expected us to do anything in Europe. And, and I think with all the players that kind of departed once Birmingham got relegated and the uncertainty of who the gaffer was going to be and everybody was focused on... Alex McLeish going Aston Villa. I think, I think it was a season of it was a season of joy and it, excitement. I don't know. I, you, you can tell me as a supporter more than being a player, but I felt it was a it was a crazy exciting um, season.
1: I mean, obviously for us as um, as fans, obviously what what we ultimately wanted was, was, was obviously you always want to look up and as, as finish so as possible playoffs is. Um, uh, Nerve shredding at the best of times. Um, obviously, my problem is uh, my my wife and her family they live in live in Blackpool, um, so I got a got a fair ribbon after that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, look, I mean, Ian Holloway is is he's um, very shrewd in terms of. I think any team that would have went through the season that we, as a club, went through, you know it would have been an icing on the cake to get promoted, but to play 60-odd games, um, we got to a point where it was like, and to manage the squad we had, because if you look at it, we had a blend of young and old. You know, you had Kari, who was captain, had to manage his injuries. Obviously, I was one of the older guys. You had Murph, who was out injured. We had, you know, if you look at what happened during that season... Um, obviously Jack he was he was kind of unknown he come in, done well you know, everybody filled in and then to get where we did I think to be honest we exceeded what was expected at the beginning of the season even though yeah. we wanted to top even though we wanted to, to top it off by winning um, or at least getting to, to Cardiff or Wembley in the player finals, I think that would have topped it off but I don't look back at that season with any
1: regrets, really. That's, that's the main thing, isn't it, I suppose? You know, obviously, you can look back and, and as players be proud of, of what we achieved that season. Um, yeah.
4: Well, one thing one thing I want to touch on is one player, obviously, you played with during that season and obviously, champs now, he's made himself into quite an established Premier League player, obviously. Scored today against Villa. Mason Redmond, just sort of tell me about playing alongside him and what his progression was like through that season.
0: Um, well, Reders was always, I mean, he's Birmingham through and through. Um, he's got a great family behind him, and you could see as a youngster he was always going to go on to exceed playing in the Championship. He's a level-headed kid. I speak to him. Up till to, to this day, um, and you know, you, you just look at players like like himself, and you just you're proud of his journey, man. I mean, especially um, the players that Berman have, have, have produced as youngsters. You've got to sometimes put yourself in a, like a, a business um, mindset because at times you do get young players that. Not exceed the club in terms of who they are but their worth and if the club is financially in a predicament some something's got to be sacrificed or compromised and, and all these we'd love these young players to stay at Birmingham and take them to the heights of the Man Cities and the Man United but in the real world Birmingham will always be that kind of selling clubs to the bigger kind of clubs that come along that can afford them and you know, to see him sustain himself, to go to Norwich and then kick on against Southampton, and it, it, you know, it's 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 a, it's a pleasure
1: to see. You know. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you say, in terms of being financially hamstrung, so to speak. Obviously, the, the following season under Lee Clark. Um, Obviously, there was a, a in of purse strings, so to speak. After that, um, after that, what was that like that season under under league? Was it the, obviously a different vibe around the club? Did you did you pick up that negativity behind the scenes as such? Or um, yeah, to be t- totally honest, I mean, as a
0: player, you get to see majority of of, of stuff, and um, I knew well. Me and Ziggy were told basically they needed to get us off the wage bill, so. In the midst of that, you you still want to give it 110%, but um, you still, in the back of your head, you want to kind of plan your back end. I mean, me and Ziggy were like mid-30s, so, I mean, he was on a lot of wages, you know. I was on, you know, decent wages for the club, and we knew that they were going into a different era, and obviously, bought Lee Clark, who who was kind of, he knew that he had to kind of um, bringing the youngsters that were on lower wages and who who, who he could give an opportunity. So we kind of knew that going into the season. But it was strange for me because um I was kind of told, I don't know if a lot of people know this, I was told that if I found a club, I could kind of leave on, on a free. So once I was told that, obviously I was scoring goals at the time. We got to January and then Wolves came in. And... um we kind of agreed terms and then the the, the club demanded a fee, uh, a fee for me. But yeah, I was told I could leave on a free to get them off the wage bill. So that kind of, and then I had um, Shanghai Shanzi come in for me and it didn't work out. And then I got to the end of the season and I kind of saw it out and then we kind of parted ways. But that's how football works. It's, I'm not too sure what happened with Ziggy, but that's football. You know, it's... um. With the ownership, I think there was a lot going on with the owner mm. being locked up abroad and political stuff that was going on. So there was a lot going on with the club at the at the time. Um, and then obviously, people like Nath going and Jack Button and going, you saw the direction. So the club were on a re uh, uh, a rebuilding process, and, and and that happens to every football club, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Obviously, with with that that rebuild, obviously, Lee Clark again, you had a season under him. How how did he differ to to Chris Hughton in his methodology, the way he worked around the club? But obviously, every manager is different, aren't they? Um, but what was he like to work under? Obviously, uh, two contrasting seasons, in a sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he I think, I think for 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 Clark, he, he knew what his situation was coming in. Um, There wasn't going to be massive funds available and he knew he had to rebuild. He had to get the youngsters going and then he had to kind of wind down on the other players that were there kind of hindering the wage bill. So it wasn't like he was horrible to any of us. It was just, um, he was weaning us out of the team. And I think what he was doing was getting the fans kind of um, adjusted to not seeing us. So if you saw towards the end of the season, I weren't involved and Ziggy weren't involved. I think what he wanted to do was get the supporters on his side by trying to get a team that he could work with. um, And so it was totally different. You know, you had um, Chrissy coming in, you know, we just... London just got um, relegated. We want to go for it again. Um, we will keep the majority of players. We're going to add a few, um, get some frees. We have Berkey, you have myself. Um, and with the rest of the players, Kari, Murphy, you know, you have a few players to try and kick on. Lee Clark knew that it was like stabilising the club, seeing what was happening in the background, and then we'll go from there. So it was two different contrasts.
4: One thing I found with the uh, the moving from obviously playing pretty much every game under Chris into to the Lee Clark era, when that obviously came to end, was there any bad feeling with the the contract termination, or obviously it sounds like you you look upon your time at Blues with with fond memories. No,
0: no, 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 hundred no, I've, percent. I've always had a good relationship with the Blues. Um... And it wasn't, I, I understand, you know, I am coming. I was coming to the tail end of my career. So I, I understood and I got the, the kind of, um, the perspective of the direction that the club had to go. And they were in a financial situation um, and we had to find a conclusion to how we could move forward. So while we was doing that, I was coming in, I was training, whether it would be with the youngsters or the reserves. Um, and I knew my time had come up, so, um, was up. Um, and no, it, you know, as I said, I'd, I'd come back down to the Blues when I come back to the UK, watch the games. That th- those are one of the teams that I always had a great relationship with the supporters, and I, and I, and I believe that when when I did get the opportunity, I tried my best with them, and um, they gave me all their backing. So it was never a, 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 a bitter kind of party; it was always you know, it was always a respectful um, departure, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and obviously, like you say, um, played for, is it, 12 clubs in your career, I think it was, off the top of my head, and, and also obviously represented Jamaica on um, 24 occasions. Would you say playing for the national teams obviously the, the highlight of your career is such the proudest moment was finally um, representing? It's one of them. It's one of them, Kieran, to be honest. I mean, you
0: I mean, I had a chance to play for the Republic of Ireland, that didn't 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 pan out um sort of way I thought. But you know, my father and majority of my family members are from Jamaica, and and I think to represent um you know a country that you know you have in your bloodline is always a proud proud moment. So yeah, it's definitely one of my highlights to play in the World Cup qualifiers, to travel all over the world and play against different players and see different cultures. It's always Something
1: else to to your journey, you know. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say your proudest moment was in terms of your your club career? I mean, obviously, you, you played in in Europe with with the Blues. Obviously, I'd imagine that's up there. What else would you say you achieved during your playing career would be? I think I think um,
0: I think one of them as well is is getting promoted with Watford to the Prem. Um, when we was we was writ off I think we were relegation favourites and to 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 beat Leeds in the playoff final well to beat Palace 3-0 and then to go and beat Leeds um in the playoff finals was was, was up there as well because at that time there were another team that just came down from the premiership and it was a lot of players departed it was that doom and gloom and then A Bufroyd came in um and he was an unknown quantity, um, brought in a lot of players that the fans weren't too sure about. So it was like that building process, you know, and I, and I felt the same thing at Birmingham. It was just, there was so many games. It was just like, it was great. I'm telling you, that season at Burn, I've never, even in Sunday football, I've never, even when I was a kid, I've never played so many games in a season. It was like... And at that age, when you're like 30 plus, you've really got to manage yourself. And it's, you know, travelling all over the place. And it was just a great experience. But, yeah, I'd say Watford as well, um, getting, 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 getting promoted.
4: When you look at the teams you've played for, obviously Jamaica, Watford, Blues, whoever, who would you say, even, well, from Blues and then whoever else, who are the, the sort of best players you've, you've played alongside?
0: Um, it's been quite a few to be honest. It's been quite a few. Um, I'll say when you say Watford, I'll say um I'll say Ashley Young, um very good mate of mine. Obviously, he's at Inter Milan now. Um, we speak regularly, and he, he's gone on to, you know, ex-Man United captain and 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 play for England and stuff. I think as a, as a, as a striker, um you appreciate players like that that you just have like a. Telepathic, kind of sync with where he knows what run you're going to make, and you go on in a season. Um, just like Berkey, just like Berkey at Birmingham. You know, if you look at his goals and his assists, it was it was similar to Youngy. You know, not only could they assist, but they could score magnificent goals, and they were both wingers, very very quality. Different players, but for me, they. Those are the sort of players I like. I like players that are can rescue a team, but also be unselfish as well. So, yeah, I'll say Ashley Young. Um, there's, there's, there's so many. It, it, if I, if I go through the list, it, I might leave someone out, and I might upset them. So,
1: there's been quite a few. I mean, Ashley Young when he was at what for deed have been a. Uh just a, a young lad breakthrough similar to ridmond when you played alongside him as well so yeah, both like, going yeah. to to achieve great things unfortunately uh, young you played for them lot down the road for a time though didn't he so you know I won't speak too much <laughs> about it, about it. we weren't praising we weren't praising too much <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah free time for your playing time, do you have a, a favourite goal, one that really stands out in your memory when you look back that you scored? Um, Yeah.
0: For for different reasons, I would, I would say there's different moments, but I'd say one that stands out is probably um, Palace at Selhurst Park. I mean, Palace is one of the most horrendous um, grounds to go to as an away player, um, and we was getting battered. You know that we, we got it through to halftime, and then I scored. This was in the the, the playoff semi final, and then I scored, and then Youngy scored, and Springy scored. And then I'd say an, another place I really enjoy, another game I'd say, Kieran, that stands out for me and Cal, is I'd, I'd say the probably the two times at the Den for Birmingham. I, I mean. <laughs> No, I, I, I say that because they released me as a youngster and obviously I'm I'm a Peckham boy. So, Bermondsey, they're my local team. And then obviously I went for trials and even though I'd done well, they already kind of selected the guys that they wanted to take on. So, I don't think there's a career game against me all that I haven't scored. But the Birmingham games, the 6-0 and then... I think what topped it off was the, the, the 3 0 down in the pink kit um, to score a hat trick. And because of the abuse that we were getting, well, especially me, I was getting in a pink kit at, at the den. And then to, score, to pop up and score a hat trick, that's, you know, and then just see the Birmingham fans. Because I know Birmingham leads Millwall, there's always that kind of intense rivalry. And every time we've gone there, with the Blues, we've always like t- tortured them. To be fair, on and off the field. So, I'd say for games for the Blues, they're, they're one of my, my stand-up moments.
1: Was you involved in the uh, the side that went to, to? Obviously, you're talking about Leeds. Went and scored. Went Digic scored four in the game as well. Was you in the? Was you in the side for that? I'm sure it was the first that season under Hughton, wasn't it? If I remember rightly. No, I was, um, I was injured. Is that when you? Is
0: that the, start of the season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was, I, I played the game where we beat them one nil. I think that was when we was pushing for playoffs, and I think Leroy Lita um popped up with a goal, um actually a good goal. But I remember watching the game, the results on um, the feed coming through, and Ziggy was just on absolutely fire in that game because I was, I had the the the, um, the ligament injury and. uh, you know, to score four goals for the Blues—that's why they always, you know, sing his, sing his name. You know,
4: what was When it, what you, was when it you go back,
1: go on, Cal.
4: <laughs> when you go back, what's probably the toughest moment during your playing career, what well, whatever club you were at at the time? What's probably the the toughest moment you've had to face, whether it was Watford, Blues, Coventry, wherever. What was the toughest moment?
0: I think, Cal, to be honest, I think, I, I, and I remember this, it was um, playing at the Emirates. We just got promoted. With, uh, Arsenal's my, 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 my team that I support as a kid. And um, me and Coletore had a race out and um, money just going. And I just... I got through the game. I don't know how because it was like the first 30 minutes and then I got into the train room my knee was like a massive balloon. Didn't really say much and then after when I saw the surgeon and I had the x-ray they said that I might not play again. So that was really, really tough. Um, And I was out for the whole season. So it was the first time I played in a premiership and it was like the fourth or fifth game in and i have been scoring Um, and I was told that you know, I might not, I might not play football again. So that was one of the toughest um, moments. And then, uh, yeah, I'd say that against the team that I support as well. So I had all my family there as Arsenal fans and stuff. And then for that to happen, it was it was quite it was quite um,
1: horrendous. I suppose obviously you yourself, have so as fans, we don't we you don't we don't experience what goes on behind the scenes in terms of obviously. I mean, obviously you see it a bit more now with documentaries about Spurs and and City and what have you, but we don't see that side of it. You know, when players get sat down and you have to have surgery, the impact it has on you guys, behind the scenes, obviously just frustrates us that you can't be in the lineup every week. So it's a completely different thing for
0: us. 100%. 100%. I mean, look, I
1: still follow you guys to this day. I mean,
0: um, the Championship is the hardest league bar none to get out of um, because it's kind of, especially when you're a team with a great fan base, um, the expectation is high. But then a lot of players, if, especially if you get relegated from the Premiership, is a, a high velocity of games. And you get players that are, are used to the luxury of the Premier League or the, the higher league. They don't want to play in the Championship. So then you're, you're, you're weakened because they want to go and then the club are on a budget, and then every team that plays you is like playing a cup final because you just come down to, from the Premiership, so they want to prove a point. And then you've got this, you know, it's it's like Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. And then with the fans as well, you've got to get in that mindset, okay, we've got to go from the Premier League grounds into, no disrespect, maybe playing Doncaster away on a Tuesday night or, you know scumful if they will get promoted to, to the championship it's you have to adjust really fast you know and it's everything changes so the championship but the prize at the end is the biggest prize in football that's why i would probably say that it, well it is financially it's you get if you go up through the playoffs i'm not sure i think it was it's a hundred plus million but that is probably the toughest lead to get out of you know
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, looking back over your career now, obviously everything you achieved—Premier League football, international level, and what have you. Do you have any regrets of your time whilst you played, or anything that you think oh, you wish you'd done differently, or?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I don't have regrets. I mean, you 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 grow as a person. You you you, you um. You kind of learn from any sort of mistakes that you make and you kind of take that on and, and look it, look back at it and assess it and then try and utilise it moving forward. But I, I always say it's never a loss, always a lesson. And everything that you go through is all, all part all part and parcel of your journey. You know, if, if you live with regrets, you can actually beat yourself up inside. So for me, you know, it's... I I never started football expecting to play in the Premier League. I just wanted to be a professional footballer. So whether it was third division or playing in the Premier League, my initial expectations coming from a rough housing estate and a broken home, it was just to be a professional football player. So I'd like to think I've exceeded with whatever I've gone through to where I thought I could actually get to and um you know it's just made me grow as a person as like, you know to this day it's, it's um whatever I've gone through it's, it's it's stages that you build on in your life you know
1: yeah yeah
4: obviously where you are now retiring from football what 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 are you doing these days just to give the fans a bit of a, an overview what are you doing these days
0: yeah, Cal. Um, I've got, you know, I've got my own construction company. Um, I supply like heavy machinery to, to like um, bulldozers, excavators. Um, I've got property um, all over the place. I, I was always one to invest my money wisely, regardless of whether I was having good times or bad times. Always knew that football had a, a an expiry date, so I knew that. Um, it wasn't going to last forever. So I had to kind of expand myself mentally outside of the game while I was in the game. So when it ended, I was already prepared. Um, So now I live abroad, live in the sunshine, I I live in Zambia. And, you know, I'm I'm enjoying life, watching my kids grow and um, just giving other people opportunities and speaking to to people like yourselves and other youngsters to to give them an, an input on... Where I've been, whether they take it or they don't take it, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent, and um, try and change the next generation. So, yeah, that's 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 my. I mean, look, this this whole Instagram and Zoom, it's all new to me. I'm I'm not a media guy. You know, it's my kids that will say, "No, Dad, you got to get on, you got to get on this uh, whole Instagram thing." So. I'm only a few months in, so I'm, I'm, I'm slowly getting there. But it's a great tool, um, great platform for, you know, people like yourself to put your story out there, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I say, obviously, we, we really appreciate you taking the time to, to sit and speak to us today. Um, obviously, okay. just finally, before we let you go, obviously, we do want to get your thoughts on, obviously, Blues so far this season. Obviously, where you think Karanka can take us this season. You've obviously been keeping tabs. What what are you thought so far? Um, what my thoughts so far
0: in terms of this is a normal uh, season in terms of the championship because you'll get teams that will run away, and will look like they're running away with the league, and then get to Christmas, the New Year. So with the, the gaffy you've got now, he's got the experience of knowing how that league works. And then certain players, you've got like Gardner, you've got Juki, they know the league. It, it all depends on where the Blues are at come January. I mean, the table can twist so... You, you, you'd be great. You, you've seen it before, um, Kieran, Cal... Where teams are I think even the blues that season we were in the bottom half and I I don't, know, I don't think until January we kicked on and we finished fourth so you know enjoy it um, you know I can't say don't put too much pressure on 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 the players because I know at blues the expectations high and especially seeing your neighbors <laughs> doing what they're doing I, I, their, their kind of season's blowing up at the moment. So um, I always knew that bubble was going to burst. But it, it's, it's it's all about the chemistry, the right gaffer, the mixture of the, the, the blend of the players, getting the supporters back in the ground. I mean, with COVID happening as well, it's sometimes that, you know, that full house of having the supporters is is like the, the 12th man. So it must be weird for the players to transition that they're going through now with the restrictions. Um, you know, it's, it's a crazy time for everybody, but um, I just I just hope Blues can kick on. It was a great result on the weekend. Um, I think it was a draw before that, wasn't it? Was it two draws? Uh,
1: press, we won't be Preston and Huddersfield. I can't remember. What was the result before Huddersfield? Uh, well, you know, There's been a couple of defeats, had not it, I think?
4: Yeah, we lost to Sheffield uh, Wednesday and uh, Norwich.
0: Okay, well, you see, those are teams that have got spending capacity at the moment. So, you, you just it's it's one of those ones, Cal Kieran. It's it's get to January and then just we'll just see where where you can go. It's difficult because you guys are supporters. I'm a player. I'm I'm now looking from the outside in. So it's like I understand what's actually going on behind the scenes, what the players are thinking. I'm sure. Um, Hogan those players want to hit the ground running for, for whatever reason he hasn't but it doesn't make him a bad player overnight I'm sure you know if he gets one that comes off his shin I, I mean I've not watched the games you guys can tell me different but he sees and can just change based on a bit of luck so just be patient and I want to see the Blues back in the Prem because I, I believe that's where where, you, where we should be you know.
1: Definitely. Let's let's see what happens, I suppose. I'll every game as it comes. Uh, Yeah. We've spent enough years in the Championship now, I don't get ahead of myself anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, 100%. I think, look, if the club's
0: club's stabilised, I think the the board um, is the most important thing just to stabilise the club, and then you go from there. I mean, if you look at Sheffield United, how long were, were they up, down, you know, even Leeds? You know, it, 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 it's a process and it takes some, some, some rules, some backing, the right manager to come in and it, for it to just click and then you forget about what's gone on for the last 10 years. No one's talking about Leeds being in League One and the champ, even Sheffield United, massive clubs being where they were for the last 10, 15 years, if I'm, if I'm not wrong. And now... Sheffield United talking about Europe and Leeds kicking on, even Wolves. How long were they floating about in in the Championship? You know, so Forest. Um, there's some massive clubs down. There. It's a very, very Championship. Is a very, very
1: difficult league, man. Yeah. Well, well, will uh, have to get you on towards the end of the season again. Obviously, we can uh, we can look back yeah. on this and and, and see, so, but if we uh, wrap it up there, anyway, but thanks again for joining us. It's been uh, great to see yeah. and have a chat with you anyway. Um, 100%.
3: Yeah.
1: And we'll, uh, yeah, keep we'll on, yeah, clear on. Great, man. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks.
3: Sports Social Podcast Network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's.